0: I'm Elizabeth Gureyeb, and I'm here today with Sophie Renoir. It's April 7th, 2021, and we're recording an oral history for the wildenstein plattner Institute's Pierre-Auguste Renoir oral history series. Sophie, do I have your permission to record this interview? Of course you do. Excellent. Thank you very much. Sophie, why don't we start by a little introduction? Could you tell me who you are in relation to Renoir? I'm Uh his great-granddaughter,
1: and um, the granddaughter of Pierre, his older son, and the daughter of Claude, Mm -hmm. himself the son of Pierre. And then my father has two children, My brother, half brother Jacques,
0: and me. Okay. And do you have children yourself?
1: Yes, I do. I've got two wonderful kids who are adults, in fact. They have 26 and 22 years old, two boys, and I'm, uh, like every mother, very proud of them.
0: Of course, of course. So I'm just going to begin by asking you some questions about your, your life, um, starting, of course, with your childhood. Where did you grow up?
1: I grew up in Paris most of the time, and then my parents decided to move to Essois, which you know what the family houses was. They're all buried in the cemetery next to the house. All the Renoir family, I mean, Auguste, Aline, and Jean, Pierre, well, kind of my father, course, like everybody, and uh, I've lived there for three years and a half, because my parents want to preserve me, I would say, uh, about the Renoir problem, you know, like, uh, they didn't want me to be raised like a little Parisian of the Cesium girl, they prefer me to, they prefer, uh, yeah, that I would have uh, an education of uh, the countryside, rising, being raised uh, very simply, in fact, I only learned I was from this part. I was part of this family like I was like eight years old or something. I didn't understand very well, you know. People in the school, children ask me all the time, oh, are you part of the family Renoir? I said, yes, well. And who are you? And I said, well, I don't know. <laughs> who am I? I don't know. And am me. I don't know. So once I asked my father... And my mother and my parents answer me, uh, um, oh, you had a great-grandfather that made paintings. And it happens that everyone loves them. And that, that was the only answer I get, you know.
0: And did you have any paintings in your house?
1: Yes, we did at this time. Sadly, we are all gone, but at uh, this time we did. We had the auto-portrait of Renoir, a portrait of Coco, and a portrait of Pierre, a marvelous one. And some uh, uh, Nature Morte uh, was of uh, fruits, and a portrait also of Aline, like this, a small portrait of Aline, old Aline, and some sculptures.
0: And when you were a little girl looking around your house... Did you get a sense that these were important pictures or were they just things that, that were in your house, like part of the furniture?
1: To be honest, uh, it was just things in the house.
0: Interesting. It
1: was normal, yeah. Except for the Venus, we had this sculpture of Venus, the high like this in approximately. And I was really shocked as a young girl because the, this Venus was naked. So I always dressed her with some uh, uh, sharp how do you say, uh, scarves, you know, and stuff. But no, that would, no, that was really, once Once I had a little clue, because my, my mother it eat, uh, was eating chicken, you know, but with her fingers. And she was in front of the portraits. There was the three of them in front of us. And she said, well, that's luxury, is eating uh, a chicken with your hands in front of a Renoir. That's fantastic. <sighs>
0: that I can imagine. When was the first time you went to a museum and you saw a Renoir portrait and it clipped that, wait a minute, this was someone in my family. When did you get it that this was a big deal to other people?
1: I I have to tell you, I don't really remember because I always used to go to museums all the time. I mean, when when my father was, uh, my father was a famous director of photography and, and uh, we were um, in England for James Bond there. He was shooting there. So we went at the Gala, National Gallery and all the museum with my mother during the day, you know, waiting for my father. And I was like 10 years old at this time, not even 10, maybe nine. So, you know, it was so usual. Uh, I've, I've always been in museums and seeing paintings and And not only of Renoir, of course, because my my family used to like very much other Impressionists and other painters too, of course. But I don't have really a a moment. Uh, Maybe once, I do remember at the Coteau Gallery, but I was much older then, looking at La Loge and I was really impressed. You know, thinking, oh, I've, I've never really looked at it that way. But, but I was old. Yeah, I was like an adult. No, it was like natural for us. You know, it's, I've always been there. I asked my mother and I've done the same with my sons. I mean, when did you first time take me to a museum? She said, so, oh, I don't remember because sometimes we just went there for an hour just to see a painting, La Joconde or a Monet or any other, you know, it, it was part of education. You know, it was really natural. And I did the same with my son. Like this, they love museums. They are not, uh, they, they're not afraid. You know, sometimes young people, they don't want to go because they're a bit scared of, oh, maybe I won't understand. or I won't be able to understand, blah, blah. No, art is so natural.
0: So is art is so natural? And it sounds to me like um, you have a lot of artists in your family, in the film industry and in photography. Can you talk a little, a bit about that?
1: Yeah, we have uh, the, the son in the miller, Jean Renoir, who was a famous director. Um, I met him when I was young. And who is was really a funny guy, very nice person. His regret that was for me very flattering because I made my first movie at what thirteen years old, and he said to me, "Oh, I'm so sorry, I'm too old, and we cannot be in in, in a movie together." That was very, oh, I was impressed. But it was my uncle Jean, you know, first of all, before being a genius that everybody knows, he was my uncle. That was, very, you know, we we keep that in 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 the family, having a very natural. Um, um, how could I say that? It's, first of all, it's my great-grandfather and then it's the famous painter you all know, but first of all, it's it's the family thing. For Jean Renoir, it's the same. It's my great-uncle. You know, sometimes people tell me, oh, Jean Renoir would think that, or he used to think that. I say, well, well, you know. <laughs> you know. Because you couldn't ask him. You know, so it's very simple. They were really normal people, you know. Renoir started to make his movies when his father died. I mean, before he was, I guess, maybe impressed or didn't know really what to do. Anyway, it's because of a woman that he made movies, so, you know.
0: Oh, really? Talk, what, what, what about that? Yeah, well, uh,
1: the, the last model of Renoir uh, was Dede and Dede, wanted to be an actress. So when, when Auguste died, I, Jean started to make movies because he wanted to his wife to be happy. And, and then he made some movies with her, only with her, you know, as a star, to her to become a star from, But well, she didn't really, but yeah, that's fun.
0: So did you become interested in films because of your great uncle or did, did, that, that, did that come from somewhere else?
1: No, that, I was watching movies very young and uh, I wasn't allowed to watch TV very much, you know, at this time. But uh, I was sneaking, you know, and tried to watch the television from behind the couch and stuff. But usually when I had the permission to watch a movie, I used to dress and to put some perfume, you know, to watch a beautiful movie like, like uh, some like it hot or or singing in the rain, movies like this, you know. Oh, that that came from a long time. I always, I mean, the f- no, the first time I really thought, oh, I want to do that, is when I saw this movie uh, with uh, Jimmy Stewart talking to a rabbit. It's called Harvey, and I thought, oh. I want to be part of this universe when you can talk to people and they're not really in the reality they're not real you know and be able to move from a, a person to another but only movies of course
0: did you ever think about um, becoming a uh, a painter or a, an artist other than an actress
1: mm. No, I have to say, the talent is not hereditary, you know. (laughs) No, no. Drawing is not, no. No, I'm I'm a photographer now also, but we've got this sense, I would say, but it's more like because the parents, my parents, me for my sons, because I can see they have this special way of looking at things, it's an education stuff, I guess. It's because we're a family that we, are, we think that it's very important to watch the light, to see sun rises or, or sun shines. I mean, you know, every different colors in a room or, or you know, everywhere we go, we are very sensible about this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's more like this, no painter, never, ever, ever, impossible.
0: Well, you are very involved with um, the paintings of Renoir uh, as a quote unquote expert. I think you would say you would disagree otherwise, but I think you're an expert. Yes, I will. <laughs> um, can you can you talk a little bit about that role um, and how you help to perpetuate? the legacy of Renoir with your work with the Wildenstein Institute and then later with the Wildenstein-Platner Institute?
1: Well, I was very proud and honored that uh, Daniel Wildenstein asked me to be part of this committee and then Alec and, and Guy, of course, uh, because first of all, I didn't think I had the, the – I, would, I wouldn't – Authority or you know the skills or things, but but Daniel made me he, he made me pass a test. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't
0: tell you that. No, what's what was his test?
1: Okay, the test was he, he he took me in a little room where there was two paintings, and exactly the same. One of course was false, and the other one was the the real one. And he said to me, because I said, you know, I I didn't make any art school or history at school. I don't know about this. And he said, I'm sure you've got something and you can feel it because you've been raised in the middle of the paintings. So you have this instinctively. I was, "Okay." So he said, tell me, which one is the real one? (gasps) I was like, wow. And if I'm wrong, you know, I was so scared. And I looked at the painting and it seems to be quite simple for me. I looked at those, books and one seems so perfect that I decided that was the wrong one. And I was right.
0: Mm-hmm. Ah.
1: Yeah, when I told him, he says, oh, and, and why did you choose this one? I said, because the other one is too, too good, too perfect, too, too nice. The other one has this something I can't even explain. This, the talent shows, you know what I mean? So when he asked me to get involved with this committee and with, of course, all the prestigious uh, people who are in it, I was really. I'm, you know, we are a very good uh, group of person, and we are working very hard
0: and and uh, taking the much care about what we are doing. Of course, so in the United States, we don't have um, the same. Situation with the heirs of an artist. I know in France you have the droit morale, and like it or not, you are responsible for maintaining the legacy of your great grandfather. Are there any times when you think, oh, this is too much? How am I supposed to maintain the legacy? Because then it will fall on your, your children as well. This is something that you are born into and you have to do. How do you feel about that? Oh, I used to say, but,
1: you know, we have a famous uh, criminal person in France that used to kill a lot of women. He's called Landru. So usually when, when journalists ask me this question, I say, well, it's always better to be called Renoir than Landru. Because, <laughs> the, the, the you know, you, you inherit beautiful things. No, well, it's it's always so great, you know, to be able to see and to watch Paintings that sometimes pu- the public doesn't sh- see, you know, they they're they're sometimes in collections, very private, and they don't go out at all. So it's a privilege. No, it's not heavy, you know, if it's only that life will be easy, right? Right. No, it's fantastic. I guess my sons will be re- will be ready one day, but. Um, it's not for me in particular. I mean, anyone in our family can, you know, can take care of that. Mm-hmm. But they're not interested, I guess, or they just don't happen to be uh, involved.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So anyway,
1: when it's the droit moral, everyone has to give his advice,
0: you know. Right, right. So, are you oftentimes invited to Renoir exhibitions around the world? Um, whenever there's a, a major Renoir event, do people call you and say Sophie please come how how are you kept up to date I I would hope that could happen more
1: often but the the last time was in the Clark Museum they they invited me for this beautiful exhibit
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I came there with some friends who lived in Boston
0: mm-hmm.
1: it was a huge exhibit and it was beautiful mm-hmm. I was very uh, because there are so, some paintings, they never go out of the clock. Right. So you don't have a chance to see them in real. And it changes everything. Mm-hmm. Because uh, you can always watch videos and stuff, but real, it's not the same. No, yeah, that was the last time. It was just before the COVID, the year before the COVID.
0: That's that's interesting because so much of our life now is online, especially with COVID. So do you, um, do you feel that there is a real difference seeing things online or seeing things on a screen versus seeing them in person? I mean, I, I certainly think there are, but what's your experience like viewing things on screen as an actress and as someone who works in film?
1: Well, it's like, you know, the theater and the movie. It's not mm-hmm. the same. Mm-hmm. Movie is movie. Theater is theater. Both are nice. Of course, it's great to be able to see uh, beautiful paintings or art, whatever the art is uh, on screen. Of course, it's better than nothing. But the real thing, it's not the same. You know that. Right. Of course. Yeah. yeah I'm very frustrated. You know, I just want the, the, I want the museum to open in France. It's still closed. It's awful. Yeah. It's very hard. You know, we miss. I missed. I miss it very much. Thanks, thanks. I'm coming to the committee and I have the chance to see some paintings. Right,
0: right. Because at the committees, people are sending you the paintings to see in person. Yes, they do, of course. We, yeah, we
1: have. Uh, wow, it's beautiful. They take care of it, and you know, we see beautiful stuff and masterpieces sometimes, which is a, a privilege.
0: That's exciting. Maybe we can talk a little bit about. Um, Renoir's actual paintings I know you named some of them but the way that he painted over time certainly changed um he did landscapes he did portraits he did still lives can you talk a little bit about some of uh your favorite examples do you do you prefer the landscapes do you prefer the still lives how do you feel about the way that he portrayed women as a woman yourself
1: oh of course um when you see the 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 woman of Renoir and uh, well anything he did really uh, I don't think this man ever painted sadness or 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 depression you know people who are depressed it it's always joyful and that's that's the the best thing in in Renoir's painting one one of my favorite is uh, La Vague and it's uh, I think it's in Chicago right in Chicago. And of course, danse à la ville, danse à la campagne. Those are the, I don't have a favorite, favorite period really.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: No, I'm, of course, I love the portraits of the family because it's my family. And, uh, but no, I don't have a, a really, you know, some nudes are nice. So, no, the, the landscapes, the landscapes with the lights, you know, it's magic all the time. And you, you, you never get bored with those paintings. Never. Mm-hmm. There's always something you oh I didn't saw this and look at this line and look at this. Yeah, that's no. Not no. If I had to choose, it would be hard. Right.
0: Right. So I well actually I'm gonna pose that choice to you. If there were one picture that you could take and either take into your home and, and spend a weekend with, and then return. I'm not saying you're taking it forever. <laughs> but there is one that you, you wish you could just spend a little bit more time with in private. Do you, can you think of one?
1: Um, there will be several. But uh, one, uh, let me think. No, I think, or uh, two, can I say two? Yes, of course. I would say La Loge because of La Loge and because it's the theater. And so I'm concerned, doubled concern. Okay. And, and I think La Vague, because in La Vague, there's so many colors and that are, you're not really used to see. Um, So, no, I love this painting. That was a real shock for me.
0: Has your opinion of Renoir changed over time when you were, A younger person looking at his work as opposed to you know when you after you had children for example did you see some of his works differently of course of
1: course when you become a mother an adult a mother then um, etc of course you can see many things that's changed it's changed when i was young i was looking at the paintings like in general you know of course the family portrait talked you know for me was more significant but it was just, oh yeah, beautiful, yeah, nice, oh, I like this one very much, blah blah, but then when you get older, you can see life you know, on those paintings, very much, and that's what I like. It's always full of life, full of of lights, life, and and you can always have fun in front of a Renoir painting, you know, meaning, it's not. Not that you're gonna laugh out loud. It means that you smile when you see them.
0: Yes,
1: it's very easy to have a smile when you. And most of the time, when I do, when I go at Orsay, and I'm I'm walking around the Renoir's painting, you know, and I'm I'm use sometimes I watch people, and I love to watch the paintings, of course, and then I watch people for more time than the painting. I Have to say now. And I always loved to see people, the, the expression of the faces, you know, they, they have when they are looking or when they explain. That the, the last time I went there, there was this uh, woman with her daughter explaining uh, the movement of the dress. And I was like, oh, if Renoir could see that, you know, he would be, oh, that, that would be a wonderful because that's the point right you know it's people when they watch the you can see the painting in your in their eyes or in their faces you know
0: Mm -hmm. yeah
1: that's pure joy you know
0: so in your family, were there stories that you were told about your great-grandfather that were passed down? Of course, you never met him yourself, but I'm sure that there were anecdotes that you were told as a child about your great-grandfather, about what he did and what he liked and what he didn't like, and maybe what he would have thought um, yeah. about his paintings now and how they're received now.
1: Mm, yeah. Oh, I know, he, I know he used to
0: burn a lot of his drawings. Oh, really? Why is that? Because
1: he considered them uh, not good.
0: Mm, really? Yeah. And then, yeah,
1: my parents met Aline and, and um, not Aline, um, Gabrielle, sorry. And they say that uh, Gabrielle told them, oh, Mr. Renoir, you know, uh, used to ask me to make a big fire. And, and we, he used to pass me some drawings. And I was so... Uh, it was awful. I say, "Oh, why are you doing this?" And he said, "No, because that's not good. I want to go in, a, you know, in a museum and saying it's a masterpiece, and it's not, you know, and it's not good because some, some of his work he didn't like it very much. Really, uh, the, the, that's the proof. He was burning drawings, and and and
0: that's the that's reason. Because otherwise, why? So he was very conscious, it seems, of his legacy. legacy.
1: It seems, sometimes in the comedy we can see some paintings were not totally our etude or not totally finished. And we are, it's not all very finished, but it's okay. But I guess he considered some of them didn't deserve to stay, you know, and, and to to be uh, mm-hmm. to, uh, making time, I guess. And and also uh, uh, in Eswa, there was this plain wood, you know, on the floor. And he used to ask the maid not to wash it with uh, wax, not to put wax on it because it was dangerous for the kids. So I guess he was very worried about the, the, the wealth of his kids and the, the, mm-hmm. the bien-être. Uh, for example, he, he, he was asking for them to wash him only with water. So they, they used to throw a lot of water, plain water, you know, on the floor, uh so the floor is very beautiful now, I guess that's why. <laughs> so the
0: kids wouldn't slip.
1: Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the kids wouldn't slip. And they also all the the corner of the tables were uh you, see? you know, cut They're rounded. rounded. Right. We're rounded. Right. Because he, they could hit their
0: their heads. So it sounds like he was a, a conscientious grandfather.
1: A yeah, conscious uh, grandfather and father, because uh, the atelier he made built at the opposite of the house was for him not to disturb the children, because they need to play in the garden and stuff. Oh, know?
0: not so that he wouldn't be disturbed. He didn't. I've heard that it's because
1: <laughs> it's because he, he, he loved the, the children and the freedom, always at the same, you know freedom of the youth and the children he would I. i used to yeah my parents told me that they always told me that they, they were living in a very uh, natural and way of living the children should go and run everywhere
0: but it sounds like that's how you grew up sim- similarly
1: yeah no with a, like this also a very uh, street no straight education but a lot of freedom running away in the garden.
0: So was there any pressure put on the children to become artists or to be creatives? No? No, of course Mm -hmm. not. If you put pressure to uh, my children, Mm -hmm. it's the opposite that will happen. No, never.
1: No, no. No, no, he always used to say, that's what my father and family told me, that uh, you have to let uh, the children grow like little trees, you know, uh, and they will express themselves. Of course, they will grow as a big, huge, uh, beautiful tree. You have to do what you want in your life and not what you should do or with the pressure of it. That, that's not, no. And that, an artist never can express himself with pressure. that's so impossible. For sure, right. That's why he used to leave, uh, uh, and, and he left for Cannes and for Essois, you know, I guess, because he loved to be in the middle of nothing at this time.
0: hmm So it sounds like his philosophy on parenting and child rearing um, and the joy of it and the freedom of it is expressed a lot in in his paintings.
1: When you can see what he painted, it shows.
0: Right. You know, I
1: think. I think it shows.
0: I wonder, I don't know if you'll be able to answer this question, but let's pretend uh, Renoir had a crystal ball and was looking into the future. What do you think he would? How do you think he would feel about the art that's being created today? Was he a very avant-garde person um, when he was an artist working? Or was he always looking at trends that were happening? What What do you think? Oh well, um, that's no,
1: that's you cannot answer that. I could give you my opinion, but it's not interesting. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, no, I well avant-garde, I don't know. But for his time, it was avant-garde, you know, so I don't know. I guess as as an artist, he was quite uh, an open-minded,
0: mm-hmm. a tolerant person, I, I guess. And who were some of the artists maybe later in his life that he was looking at, that he, that he enjoyed?
1: Oh, well, this uh, Paul Louis can answer better than me. Okay. Okay. <laughs>
0: All right. Is there anything that I haven't asked you, Sophie, that you'd like to talk about? No, I could talk about my
1: boys for hours if you want, but that won't interest you.
0: Well, I'd love to hear about your boys. Are they, are they interested in um, expressing themselves creatively? I think in, one of your boys is a photographer. Is that right?
1: Yeah. I'm, one of my boys is want to become an actor. What do you think?
0: Ah, okay.
1: Yeah, we'll see. No, they are still very young. No, it's like in the family, we are the late person, you know, I mean? we don't start to express uh, very young. That's nice. No, that's fine. No, I don't know. Uh, well, I, I will stay around if you have any other questions. Are they,
0: are they interested in the history of uh, Impressionism and the history of art?
1: Especially the, uh, my last son, uh, yeah, Jeremy, is more interested than Alexi. Alexis is more in uh, the acting business and stuff, uh, now, 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 as Jeremy is more in the past and looking around, you know, and getting information of at this time, at this time. As you know, as Renoir has been accused of different, very strange stuff or thinking, he made some research and stuff to, to, to could, like this, he could answer and be, be, be very happy and proud about his great, great grandfather.
0: Wow, that's wonderful. So do you think he would be interested in, in talking publicly about his great-great-grandfather?
1: No, no, I think he's too shy. Oh. But later, I guess, uh,
0: yeah. Yeah, later. But uh, when he, no, he's too shy. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so when, one question that I had it just occurred to me. When I first met you, we met in Los Angeles. You were living mm. in Los Angeles. Uh, what is your experience like being a person with the name Renoir in the United States or in Los Angeles, as opposed to living in Paris as a Renoir. Was there, was there a difference?
1: About the difference was that here sometimes, as an actress, some, it happens sometimes. Somebody saw me on television or movies, never there, never happened. <laughs> and yeah, it was fantastic. And then it happens, I think in four years, like twice that somebody asked me, oh, are you related to the painter? Oh, and once a student asked me, are you related to the director? Only twice. Yeah, happened only twice.
0: But people didn't know anything about your film career in the United States when you...
1: Well, the students was in this movie business and he said, oh, uh, and aren't you the actress that was in this movie with uh, made from Eric Romer, my girlfriend, boyfriend? Yes, when, you know, that's very funny because in America, they don't ask you this kind of question.
0: They might think it's rude, do you think? Or they just don't know?
1: I think they might think it's rude. I think some don't, they just don't, well, because it's a big world and they don't, they, and they can imagine that many people have this same name, I guess. Or maybe they don't know. I don't know, really. I have no answer for that. So
0: just... I- I realized I didn't, I didn't ask you uh, for this oral history to name some of the, the works that you've been in. So Eric Romare, who else have you worked with and what, what are some of the other films that you've been in?
1: You, a lot of televisions, a lot of mini series, as you call it. Uh, and yeah, but you won't know. Uh, uh, no, you won't know. Uh, uh, François Leterrier, it's a uh, very good director here, but you no, know, you don't know in, in America.
0: And are you still are you still acting actively?
1: I try. It's very hard. I try. No, I have a um, a play, but but it's not not yet because, as you know, the situation. But it's it will be on, but uh, not not now. What's the play called? So we can. You know, when you're an actor, you never stop to be an actor. Sure, it's it's not it's, well, you're never going to retire a thing, never. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So let's cross fingers.
0: Did you enjoy living in Los Angeles?
1: Of course. Beautiful weather. People are so nice. You know they are so friendly and and easy. It's easy. You know to talk to people. No, they're very. No, I loved it. But I went and and I travel a little. I went to New York. I went to uh, to uh, Chicago. I went to Boston a few days you know and i didn't live there but uh, very different east and the west very differences absolutely it's, it's like several countries put together speaking the same language it's and you have this unity it's very no i loved it and then i have to say that i went to america for personal reasons uh, that you know and and uh, my sons and i you know find there what we were, yeah, what we were reaching to find. Yeah. You
0: were, you were very far away from home. Very far. Um, Now you're back. Yeah. In France. (laughs) And with the pandemic, we're all shut in, but we've relied so much on video and these interminable zoom calls that we all find ourselves on. On the one hand, it's, it's, it can be very, um, uh, demoralizing to be shut in and not be able to see our friends and and go out and interact and and go to museums. But on the other hand, I think that COVID has shown just how valuable um, digital communication actually is. Do you think or have you you thought about um, the benefits um, that digital art history maybe could have Especially in a time of COVID, when none of us can go out to a museum,
1: of course. And and the fantastic thing is, it's so easy. I mean, you go on your on your site, the Wildenstein Platen Institute. You go on your site website, and you can find some audio of people and watch beautiful stuff. You know, it's fantastic because you can be at the other uh, side of the world and two persons from both sides of the work can watch the same thing. I mean, it's fantastic. Right. It's it's wonderful. That's great. And thanks. It saves our lives, you know, the, the, the internet and stuff.
0: Well, as as you know, we're going to be releasing uh, later in the year, the Renoir digital catalog raisonnée of the Still Lives Um there are hundreds of them. They'll all be available online. And I know when I first met you, we you asked me if we were ever going to do a book. Yes, um, <laughs> I will. I still. Every time I will see you, I will ask you the
1: same question.
0: Right? <laughs> will you do a book? Well, I I wonder. I wonder though, has your opinion about that changed since we're now all online? Um, and a lot of us find that we we can't access the books. I know that's that's the case for a lot of our researchers who are in fact working on this Renoir catalog raisonné. They're very excited to have digital scans of the archives and all of the materials that they're going to need.
1: Fantastic job. Fantastic work. No, I will, I'm, I'm going to answer you, but it, it won't please you at all.
0: No, go ahead.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but a book is a book. When you have a book in your hand, touching, smelling, viewing, you know, and you can even hear the pages when you turn them. It, those, are, those senses are so important. When it's digital, of course, it's fantastic. And because of what's happening now, it's, it's wonderful. But it's not the same. A book is a book. A book I, well, I, I do agree with you. A book is a book. But for example, I hate to, to give a book to a friend and, you know, my book is my book. You know, I would never share my book, you know, and very, ooh la la, with, with the, the, the digital, of course, it's, well, it's fantastic for
0: that. And everybody
1: can have access to it, which is uh, the
0: best, the best. Our hope is that more people will be able to, encounter uh, the work of artists and the, the information about artists, particularly Renoir, when we do release this digital publication and perhaps inspire people who want a book to go out and buy one on Renoir. Yeah. <laughs> Whether we'll we'll do printed books in the future is, is yet to be seen. I completely agree with you that holding there's nothing like holding a book in your hands and flipping through the pages, but we do hope with this digital tool that it will enable people who can't access books to at least have a taste. Uh,
1: with, with the digital thing, I always thought, think that somewhere in the other part of the world that I don't know, will just push one, two, three buttons and we'll have a, a Renoir, you know, with these beautiful uh, uh, lights on, on the computers, because now computers are so uh, good that you have the perfect right. colors and stuff. And and logging on your on your uh, website is uh, just fantastic to be able to do that. Because any student, you know, can have access to that. Anybody can have access, which is fantastic. It's not the same with books. Of course, you have to buy the book. You have to go. You have to – it's all a process. But with this, it's so easy. It's, it's great.
0: Oh, thank you. Is there anything else that we can discuss or, or... – touch on. No. And how are you? How's the weather? <laughs> it's becoming truly springtime here in New York. It's it's much better. Um, my children are off for Easter break, uh, so they're home today, but yesterday they went to the zoo, and finally life is returning. Well, Sophie Renoir, thank you so much for speaking with me today.
1: You're very welcome. I'm I was I'm very proud to be in this Committee and in the Institute of uh, Wildenstein and Plattner. It's fantastic for me. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you.